And just to uh, bring you to never fails. Just to bring you up to speed, um, we started talking about the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God is wherever God reigns, right? The kingdom of God is often thought about as a futuristic place where we go, and last week we actually uh, mentioned and we talked a lot about um, this idea of heaven being the kingdom of God, and and it is there, and uh salvation being this time. See, I think what, just to give a recap to last week a little bit, uh, because I think it's going to be evident and, and important for what we're talking about today. The kingdom of God is in heaven, but the kingdom of God is also here now. And when we look at the kingdom of God, and when we talk about the kingdom of God, we have to think about this process is that Jesus spoke more about the kingdom of God than he did about anything else. He spoke about the kingdom of God. He spoke about all of these things. He, in fact, very famously, and uh, Pastor Chaz will be talking to us about, he, you know, pray for the kingdom of God to be here, to come to this place, and to be amongst us, and to be here with us. That kingdom is what Jesus was talking about this whole entire time, and he wants us to experience the kingdom of God here. Last week we talked about salvation and what salvation really is. Salvation is the keys to the kingdom. It is the opening of our eyes. We're able to see the kingdom. In fact, we read, uh, we read where Jesus was speaking and saying, salvation is our way. He's speaking to Nicodemus and he's telling Nicodemus, um, that he can have salvation, but it's also he can view the kingdom because of the salvation that he has. And so he brings us to today. And I am completely without my slides up here, so give me one second. Today we're going to talk about what it means to be part of the kingdom of God, what it means to have this life in the kingdom, what it means to begin uh, this time frame, but we also are going to talk very clearly about the kingdom and how Jesus opens up the kingdom to us. Salvation, as I said last week, is the keys to the kingdom. It's the beginning. It's the idea that the kingdom is now here and that we're being able to experience Jesus and his kingdom here. But then we go to the very next step, and the very next step is, what do we do? We have many Christians today that have accepted salvation, have asked Jesus into their heart, which is a wonderful thing, but have never gone any step further with it. They're waiting for this futuristic place, if you will, for God to pull them out of this place and bring them into the kingdom of God in heaven. When in reality, what Jesus says is that when we accept Jesus Christ, we should experience his kingdom here. So why is it that we're not growing? Why is it that we're not producing and going to the next step? Why is it that we are not seeing the kingdom of God here in this place? And it's simply just a few easy things to ask, and that is we are not growing like we should. We are not producing or becoming the disciples that God requires us and asks us to have. He's asking you and I to have this uh, amazing 
Can you ask Corey for his laptop, please? Can someone run back there and ask him for his laptop, please? I would really like to have that because it's going to be hard for me to... Oh, is it? Yeah, okay. Well, that's no fun. (laughs) All right, go ahead and switch to the next slide, please, Paul. I'll let you... um, If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 8, verses 14. Chapter 8, verses 14 through 25. We're going to read these verses and then we'll continue on. This is Paul writing to the Romans and... The book of Romans is a wonderful book. It's, a, it's an amazing book. It's a special book for anyone who has spent any time. But I love this interaction where Paul is saying these things. And he says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Now let's pause there for a moment. Don't switch out yet, Paul. Do you understand what you just read? This is Paul speaking to the Romans, but this is, I think, is specifically also speaking to us. And we have to grasp a hold of this because this is very important. For the creation waits eager, waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Do you know that creation, even right now in this place, is waiting for us to mature in Christ? The world around us is waiting. The world, there are people that God has specifically put in your life that he is waiting, that, that they are longing to hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ for you. They're longing for you to come and share that message with them, to have them understand, to hear from you what it means to be a believer in Jesus Christ. Paul says that creation waits eagerly for us. Okay, let's go on. For the creation was not subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. If you remember just a few weeks ago, can you jump back to that slide, Paul? For a few, uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about the kingdom mandate. And as we were speaking about the kingdom mandate, we said that Adam and Eve, God intended for his kingdom to be established through Adam and Eve. And as Adam and Eve came onto this earth, he gave to them and said to them, go and subdue the earth and fulfill it and, and do all of these things. And he gives this, uh, this ability to Adam and Eve to do these things. His idea was that all of creation would be subdued, would be managed, if you will, by Adam and Eve. And we learned that that is no longer in process. That's not what's happening today. Today, we have failed. Adam and Eve failed. And then God resets with Noah. And we find that eventually humans 
fail as we always do. And so Jesus comes down and he says, I will set my kingdom here on this earth by what I do. I will set my kingdom by dying on the cross, by resurrection, by coming forward. I am going to set the kingdom here on this earth. And so when we say for now, that whole creation has been groaning together in pains of childbirth until now. Do you know why all of creation is groaning in childbirth and pains? It's because they're waiting for Jesus. They're waiting to hear the gospel message. They're longing. They don't know it. But what they need inside of them is this. every single person has a God-shaped kingdom hole inside of them. And they're longing for someone to fill that. And they try to fill it with all kinds of things. Spend a Monday night with my friend here, Pastor Chess at CR and Miss Tanya, and you'll hear about all of the things people try to fill that God-shaped void in their life with. Whether it's alcohol or drugs or food or sexual activity, it can be anything that they try to fill that void with. All of creation is longing for us as sons of God to mature and to bring the gospel message to them. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Let's pause and pray and ask the Lord to be with us. Father, we thank you so much for all that you have done. We thank you for all that you are doing, Father. Lord, I thank you for just your kingdom and how it is here now and how we can experience the kingdom of God here in this place because you are reigning here and in our lives. Lord, help us today as we move forward to understand that you are longing, that creation is longing for us to mature as sons and daughters of God so that we can share the gospel, the message, the gospel message that was given to us through you to all of creation that can be fulfilled and hear the wonderful story of how you are the king of the kingdom, how you are the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the prince of peace, the everlasting Father. Lord, help us today to see you in that way. Help us also to be truthful with ourselves and to say this is where we are at and how we either need to grow or continue to press forward in our growth in you, Father. Help us to share with creation the wonderful message of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that my words would not be my own words, but they would truly be your words today, Father, and that you would guide us and direct us in all things. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Jump over to the next slide, Paul, if you don't mind, please. What you will find here in this verse with Paul uh, and Romans is we find these two words. We find the sons of God. The sons of God are mentioned twice in this verse that we just talked about. Now, why is it important that we are putting up here the sons of God? Because this is what Paul is trying to explain to them. See, one of the things that we miss out sometimes in reading Scripture is that sometimes when we read Scripture, we read it in English, right? Most of us. 
If you're reading it in a different language, congratulations. Maybe Norwegian over there with Leia. But uh, what we find often in English is that we don't always get the translation of the words that the Greeks and Hebrews would have used. And in this case, Roman, uh, Romans and Paul is, is speaking Greek and he's speaking this to the Romans. And so when he says the sons of God, there is two different sons of God he's talking about here. Early on in the verse, he says sons of God, but he uses the word technon. This is a Greek word. What it means is a child of not of yet age. <clears throat> it means a child who is still nurturing, if you will, still your guiding that child along. It can be anywhere from a newborn all the way up to the age where the child is not on their own yet. They're not old enough to go out and do these things. And so we have to guide, we have to direct, we have to teach this child how to do things. Paul is very clear at using this word. He's very clear in saying that this is the child. So when Paul talks about this as the son of God in the very beginning of this verse, of this uh, verses that we gave, what he's saying is that we are not yet sons of God. We are not yet mature believers. We have not yet left home. But then he switches in the middle of this verse. And he begins to use a different word. And when he says that all of creation is longing or eagerly awaiting the sons of God to come forth, the word that he uses there is huos. Huos means a full, mature child who is no longer nurturing from their mother, no longer is worried about what their mother or father is going to give them, but this is a child who is ready to leave home. It is a mature child. It is now no longer a child. It is becoming a parent. And so what Paul is actually saying is that at one time we were sons of God, not yet of age, technon. We were young children who needed to be nurtured by our father, who needed to be nurtured by our mother, and yet now we are becoming full age, that creation is eagerly longing and waiting for a full maturity, a full child, a child to come forth that is saying, I am ready to go. As a child, we often tell our kids, don't touch the stove, it's hot. Don't touch the stove, it's hot. Don't touch the stove, it's hot. What happens when the child touches the stove? It's hot. It burns, right? I bet you they don't touch that stove again because they learned that it hurts, Right? What else do we find out? As a child, a young child who's not yet mature, when we talk about these things and we walk our children through these things, we are teaching our child, don't do this. Don't go there. Don't say this. Don't do those things. (laughs) Or maybe we say, it's okay to do these things, right? However you parent, you're teaching your children not to do. You're teaching your children how to become mature adults. That's the whole purpose of parenthood, right? Our purpose as parents is to take our child and to grow them from an infant to a place where they can withstand the society on their own. Where they can stand up, where they can do the things that they need to do, that they can be an active part of society, that they can work a job, that they can pay their bills, that they can do all of the things. That is our goal. Now, it is by no happen chance or no mistake that Paul uses these two different words here. Paul is using the word technon as child not yet of age in the beginning because he's trying to make a point. And he's trying to get us to understand that we are not yet sons of God because there is some immaturity going on, if you will. 
And then he later says that all of creation is longing for mature believers to come forth. Now, let me just pause there for a moment. Can you understand what it means for creation to long for us as believers to be mature? That means it's not just simply accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior and saying, I have now a path to heaven and someday I will go into it. No, what it means is right now, if the creation, we have a point. We have a purpose. We have a plan. We are supposed to do some work here on this earth. We are supposed to bring the kingdom of God here in this place, which means that you and I are being waited for. There are, creation is waiting for you. Creation is waiting for me, eagerly awaiting for us to come in our fullness of God. Because why? Because when we become full believers in Jesus Christ, we can change all of everything around us. Our lives change. The people around us change. Our circumstances change. We become powerful enough in our understanding, and it's not in our own power, but we come uh, with the ability to work in the power of Jesus Christ through us so that we can go in and change the community. All of creation is longing for you and I to come to this place with our beliefs and our understanding that we can also go before him. Will you go to the next slide, please? For the creation waits with eager longing of the revealing of the sons of God. That's you. That's me. That's a mature version of you and me. What that means, though, is that we have to pause and ask this question. Are we the mature believers that God is waiting for? Let's jump over to the next slide, Paul, if you, if you don't mind, please. This idea that creation waits for you and I is an amazing uh, amazing thought. Just think about that for a moment. Who in your life is waiting for you to come to a full understanding of who Jesus Christ is? When this word creation, when Paul uses this word creation, what it means is that it is everything. It's not just plants, it's not just the land, it's not it's everything. It's people included. Everything around you is waiting for the fullness of you to come. Do you understand that right now in our community, there's people waiting for us to come to the fullness of Jesus Christ so that they can receive the message of Jesus Christ? Do you understand that there's people in our community that need a body of believers who are willing to work and to be mature believers so that we can go out and help them? Do you understand that when we accept the kingdom and we understand that the kingdom of here, there's a blessing that comes with that kingdom. And so when we mature in the kingdom of God, when we mature in what it is, what's going to happen is that the community itself should float up. When you have Jesus Christ in the mix, everything changes. Everything changes. It's not just one little thing. It's not just everything in your life should change. The problem with this is that we don't understand that there's people and things waiting for us to become mature believers. Instead, we think that we just need to wait and bide our time until we die and go to heaven and then we'll experience the kingdom of God. That is the worst thing a Christian could ever believe in their mind. You have a job to do. You have a, you have a purpose. You have a plan. Jesus made it very clear to us over and over and over again that Matthew 28, the great commandment. What are we supposed to do? Go and make disciples of all men. How do we do that? We can only make a disciple. You can only make a disciple if you are fully mature, right? If an infant makes a disciple, could you imagine two infants sitting next to each other trying to make? Miss <laughs> Tanya's shaking her head because she sees it every week, every day, right, Miss Tanya? Kids can be persuasive to each other, absolutely. But sometimes that persuasiveness is not always that wisdom <laughs> that comes with being mature. 
What Scripture is telling us, what Paul is trying to relay to you, is it's time for us as believers to no longer be immature, but instead be mature believers in Jesus Christ. If you don't mind, switch over to the next slide, please. First Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2 says, But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it, and even now you are not ready. Now this is Paul again speaking, and excuse me if you take a little offense to this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Some of us are still on spiritual milk and not eating the steak that we're supposed to be eating right now. Some of us are still eating a spiritual milk that we need to get off of, and we need to be weaned from that. You would never take a young child and force-feed it a steak. My granddaughter just turned one years old yesterday. It was so funny. And uh, so we had, well, her birthday is actually today, but they had the party yesterday. And so, you know, as you always do, you have this smash cake, right? Some kids just dive right in. Have you ever seen the kids that just dive right in? They take their whole, they take the whole cake, and they, and then others do something that is so funny. We were trying to get my granddaughter to dive in. We were trying to get her to stick her face in there just because they wanted the picture. They wanted all this stuff. You know what she's doing? She's doing this. Taking these little pinches of things. And I'm like, Adeline, just dive into it. You know, we're trying, we're taking her hand and sticking it on the cake and doing all this stuff. And she's just, and she's enjoying it. She's loving it, right? But she's not diving into it. Truth of the matter is, is that too many of, too many Christians are just doing this to the Word of God, picking out little pieces that they think they can digest. And they're not enjoying the whole entire smash cake. They're not sticking their face in and going, oh, getting it all covered in everything, right? God calls us as Christians not to just stay on spiritual milk. He's calling you and I to grow into solid food. He wants us to have the solid food. He wants us to be able to eat all of the goodness of what he has for you and I. And he's asking you and I to do that now. The question is, are you still on milk or are you on solid food? How do you judge that? The simple answer to that judgment is this. If you think that you're going to heaven and that's all that matters and you haven't done anything for your faith here in this place, you're probably still on spiritual milk. If you believe that the kingdom of God is more than just a salvation, just a ticket on your backside to get yourself out of hell, which is very true, it is. There's nothing wrong with that understanding. That is absolutely truthful. But you have a purpose and a plan here on this earth, right here and right now. We need Christians who are saying, I am done with the spiritual milk, and it's time for the solid food. We need people to do that because not only are do we need to grow up, not only do we as Christians need to mature, there are people outside of these four walls right here that are waiting for you and I to become mature adults, to get off the spiritual milk, to start eating solid food so that we can change them. That is why creation is eagerly longing for us to mature as sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. Christ. When we do that, 
when we become these mature believers that Jesus Christ calls us to do, then we can begin to enjoy the things. But here's the interesting thing. Anyone ever have a diet of just milk? As adults, listen, there's nothing better. I, I, I probably shouldn't be talking about this right before lunchtime, right? But nothing better than sitting down to a nice juicy steak, right? Oh, if you like steak. Some, for those that are, if you're here today and you're a vegan, I'm sorry. Uh, you're missing out. Uh, no. No condemnation, no judgment. Uh, but uh, I enjoy a good steak, okay? And there's that joy that comes with, well, I won't, oh yeah. There's just a joy that comes with doing that, to partaking in that, to enjoying that. But you know what? That's a blessing. Today, we have many people, many Christians who are receiving spiritual milk blessings instead of steak blessings. Do you know that God will never force something to you? God will never force feed you steak when you can only handle spiritual milk. Why? Because that would not be a that would not be a polite father. And so today we have Christians who are longing for this amazing blessing, amazing miracle in their life, yet they have not matured as believers, and so therefore they're not able to handle the blessing that God wants to give to them because they're still in the infancy stage of their faith. And when you grow up out of that infancy stage of your faith, when you begin to grow in Christ and know who he is and become grounded in your faith, become grounded in those things, then God can start to give you bigger things, bigger blessings. No longer just a bottle full of milk. Now he can give you cookies and he can give you steak and he can give you hamburgers and he can give you all of these things because you can enjoy them. Gage found that funny. God will give you cookies, Gage. (laughs) Here I am, right? Creation is waiting and longing for us to mature from milk to solid food. Where are the Christians who are willing to stand up and say, here I am, I'm ready to grow in Christ because not only do I want to stop drinking milk, I want to start eating steak. Where are the Christians that are willing to say, I don't want to just receive these small blessings. Yes, Lord, I'll take any blessing you give to me, Lord, and it's wonderful. But you know what I want? I want this... I want the big things. I want our community to be turned upside down for Christ. I want to see every single person in our community come to know who Jesus Christ is. That's not going to happen with a whole bunch of people with bottles in their mouth. It's going to happen with mature believers who walk outside and they know who Jesus Christ is to them and what they have to offer the community around them. With maturity comes mature gifts and mature blessings. The question that has to be asked is, are you ready to grow? Are you ready to go on? Are you ready to take that next step? Are you ready to go forward in what Jesus Christ has for you? Today, we have to ask this question. Listen, all this week, I, I, um, I, I teach at Maplewood on Thursday nights. I've been teaching a leadership class um, and one of the, I do this just because I like to be out in the community. I want to meet people, right? Belinda got me into this a few years ago, and I enjoyed it so much that I decided I'd continue doing it. But one of the things I tell people is I never tell them that I'm a Christian. I'm, I never tell them, I don't tell them I'm a Christian, I don't tell them I'm a pastor. And there's a reason why. 
The reason why I don't tell them I'm a pastor and the reason why I don't share my faith during that time is because I'm not there to do that. I'm there to teach a class. I'm teaching a leadership class, and it was really interesting. As I'm teaching this leadership class, this last week we talked about motivation. And in the middle of this motivational speak, I, I, you know, the portion of this class, I'm talking about what motivation is and all this stuff. I'm getting so fired up. And right in the middle of the class, I'm like, God, motivation comes from you. And I'm like, oops. <laughs> and everyone looked at me, and I said, well, motivation does come from many different sources. The truth of the matter is, is that motivation we need is God-inspired motivation in our life to become better versions of who we are today in our life. we got to take a step back and say, okay, listen, let's be honest with ourselves. right? I say this often, and I'm going to say it again. We are our biggest liars to ourselves. Because we look at ourselves and we either say, I'm really, really bad, or I'm really, really good. <laughs> There's hardly any in between. What we have to ask ourselves simply this is that, where am I at in my maturity? And by the way, maturity in this way, in, in your faith, doesn't mean age. I've known some seven-year-olds that have really mature faith. And I've also known some 40, 50, and 60-year-olds that are pretty immature in their faith. But we have to ask ourselves this very question, is where am I at in my faith? How do I grow? See, one of the things that we have been crying out for, asking for, praying for, is that we have a church who wants to become disciples and then make disciples. It's not just simply growing for your own purpose, right? The reason why we're doing a discipleship class on Sunday morning is because we believe in the power of discipleship. Because once you learn how to, once you're discipled yourself, you can then have the ability and the power to go out and disciple someone else. What does that mean? You're teaching them to become followers of Jesus Christ. That's what discipleship is. You're teaching them how to mature in their faith so that you don't have to look at creation and the people around you and say, I'm sorry. I'm not yet old enough. I'm not mature enough. One of the biggest questions or one of the biggest comments I get from people is that, I, don't, I just don't know what to say, Pastor, when I'm talking to someone about their faith. I don't know what to say. First of all, God will provide the words that you need if you just open up your mouth. Well, maybe that's me. I open up my mouth and words always fall out. But uh, if you just pause and ask the Lord to bless you and to help you, give you the words to say. But it's also when you are mature, it comes back on experience. You've been in that place. You've been in that time and that location to share these things. All of creation is waiting for us to mature. Paul's comment to you and I is very clearly this, that he wants he longs, God longs for us to mature in Christ. So the question is, are you ready to become a mature believer in Jesus Christ? That means you've got to put your heart and soul into it. You've got to put your energy and effort into it. It doesn't become the secondary thing. It becomes the primary thing in your life. You have to stop saying, I don't care. I, you have to stop opening up scripture and saying, I believe this part, but I don't believe this part. You have to start believing that Jesus Christ is going to do what he has always called and always said that he would, and that he's truthful to his word. 
Many of you in, in here today have people in your life that need prayer right now in this place. Many of you know people that are longing to receive that prayer, that are longing for you to enter in. They need that touch, if you will, from God. You have the ability to do that. You can do that. You can change the world if you just become no longer technon, but you become huos. You become mature. I'm going to ask you to stand, and we'll, you guys grab the worship team to come forward, please. I watched a video this past week of Ray Lewis, and he's speaking to a whole bunch of football players, and it was a very uh, motivating video, I will say, with the exception of here is Ray Lewis telling these football players how to take care of their life and how to be upstanding citizens, and I just kind of chuckled. Because if you know Ray Lewis and you know the experience of his life and what he went through, he's not the most upstanding person that I think I would be getting a motivating video about how to live my life well. But what he did do and what he did talk about was having this mentality of, I'm going to go forward and everything that Jesus, not he didn't say Jesus Christ, but everything that you can do. What I added to that was, listen, when you have this mentality that I'm going to receive and I want to receive everything that Jesus has, you can be successful in all of these things. God wants, do you know, listen, do you know that God wants you to be successful? He wants you to be successful in your marriage. He wants you to be successful in your relationships. He wants you to be successful in your parenting. He wants you to be successful in all elements of your life. There's nothing here. There's nothing in scripture that says otherwise. Does that mean that everything is roses and we walk the golden path? No. There are times that we have to go through things. But God himself says that he wants you to succeed. He wants you to be the... And how do we succeed? We become mature believers in Christ. Because all of creation, all of your life is longing for you to mature in Jesus Christ so that you can get off the spiritual milk and you can get back on to the steak and start eating what God wants for you and have these blessings that come only from him that you can receive. But you got to make a commitment to it. You gotta say, Father, I'm not gonna remain a child. I'm not gonna remain here. I wanna, <coughs> excuse me, I wanna receive everything that you have for me. And I need you. I need help making you priority in my life. I need to make the right choices, and I'm asking you to give me that guidance and that strength to do those things. Can you do that today? That's the question that we have to ask ourselves. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all that you have done and all that you are doing, Father. Lord, first of all, I think we just need to bow before you and apologize for not being the children, the sons of God, the sons and daughters of God that you call us to be, Father the mature believers in Jesus Christ. We have too often made salvation in this world and this kingdom here on this earth not about you, but about ourselves. 
that salvation in Jesus Christ is our way of getting into heaven and that's all that matters. But in reality, what it is, is the opening of our eyes so that we can see the kingdom, so that we can mature in you today. And so, Father, we ask you in this place, help us to become mature believers in you. Help us to see around us all of creation, our friends, our neighbors, our community members, our family members that are longing to hear the message of God from you, that are long, that they're just waiting for us to speak, waiting for us to open up our mouth and let you flow out of it. Help us today, Father, as you put us into these situations and these places in our life to experience you in a greater way. Lord, we don't want to be on spiritual milk anymore. We don't want to be on these little things. We want to experience all that you have for us. We want the solid food, Father. We want the solid blessings, the blessings that we can hold on to because we are secured in you. Help us today, Father, to do those things, to become all of those things that you have called us to be most importantly, Father, help us today to make a commitment here in this place to become mature believers in Jesus Christ. Maybe today, with all of our eyes closed, you're here today and or watching at home online, you've never given your life to Jesus Christ before. You've never asked him into your heart before. May today be that day. This is simply Romans 10 verse 9 says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that he is King, and that he died on the cross for us, that we can have that everlasting, that key to the kingdom, to see the kingdom here on this earth. It starts with that, but it doesn't end with that. So if you're here today and you've never said those words, you're watching at home online and you want to say this, just simply saying, Father, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me for what I have done. I believe what you did on the cross was more than enough for me. Come into my heart. Be my king. Be my savior. those words the keys to the kingdom are given to you you can see kingdom now and father we ask you now in this place that you would help us to not be satisfied with just that lord it's not just the idea of a futuristic heaven that should satisfy us it should be the kingdom of god in everything we do here and now in this place that satisfies us so help us in this place lord to be satisfied with growing be committed to growing in our faith. To ask to be discipled so that I can learn to disciple others. To make that commitment to follow you in all things, Father. Lord, we thank you for this day. We glorify you, we honor you, and we praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship together.
either way salvation in Jesus Christ is a wonderful thing but what Paul is quick to say is that a son of God who has salvation who still has not yet left home is different than a son of God who is mature and is ready to leave home is ready to make a difference why? because a difference maker a mature believer changes all of creation and that's the difference between those two things. I'm going to ask Pastor Chaz to come up. We're going to pray for a few people here. Uh, we have uh, Cheddar Man to pray for. Uh, for those that don't know, Ched is still dealing with a broken leg. Uh, he had an accident. His dog <laughs> twisted him and he fell and broke his leg. Uh, we were also pray for Tim, uh, uh, June's uh, bro- uh, son, sorry, son-in-law. Uh, he found out just this week that his cancer is back. And so we need to be praying for him. And then we need to pray for uh, Tanya's stepbrother, Tim. Did you say Tim? Okay. So uh, let's lift those people up in prayer. Ask the Lord to be with them. And uh, I'm going to just, Pastor Chad is going to stand in place as we pray for them. So 
Lord, uh, if you want to join us in prayer, you can reach out your arms or you can just pray with you with us. Father, we thank you so much for all that you are doing and all that you have done. Father, we lift up to you today these prayer requests that were mentioned, Father, um, and the many more that weren't mentioned. And so, Father, we want to lift up to you, Tim, uh, Miss Tanya's brother-in-law, just ask you that you'd be with him, that you guide him, that you strengthen him, that you help him, Father, in whatever situation he's going through in his life. Heal him, Father, of what he needs. Lord, we also lift up to you, Tim, June's uh, son-in-law. We pray against the cancer that uh, uh, that's doctors have said has come back. We pray that you would do a miracle in his life and that you would remove that cancer from his body in the name of Jesus, Father. And Lord, we also want to lift up to you our friend and uh, brother Ted and just ask that you'd be with him and continue to heal him, remove the pain that he's been having, Father, and just help him to heal from this broken leg, Father. Lord, you are the great physician. We thank you so much for all that you have done and all that you will do. And how you heal us, Father, we just ask you that you bless them now. Bless those and all of those that weren't mentioned, Father. Just be with them. Guide them and strengthen them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So to him who is able to do immeasurably more than you could ever dream, think, or wish. And God bless you, keep you safe, help you to have a wonderful week. Go and become the heroes of God. Have a great week. We'll see you again next week. God bless.